<clears throat> so I really want to address um, three different items today about Hakarsatov. Um, the main thing I want to address is the concept of is it healthy to feel like we need Hakarsatov? We need other people to show gratitude to us. Um, when we do something for them, big or small, when we feel like a relationship is generally about giving the, to the other person, um, is it healthy to need that feedback, the thank you, the, the general articulation um, and expression of gratitude? I want to also talk about a little bit, how do we create that feeling of gratitude toward others and what's the best way to express it? Those are the more side points then the main idea of is it healthy to need gratitude from others and the reason why i think this is an important topic is because especially in in my line of work we see people who struggle often with their right to have feelings right somebody is uh, abusive a parent or somebody who you're in a relationship with a friend a neighbor a spouse and you feel angry at them, do I have a right to feel angry at them? Or when somebody is not grateful to me, is it okay that I'm upset at them for not being grateful? A lot of what we see in, whether it's in Musr Svarim, or um, even if you simply do a, a, a Google search for um, gratitude online, it talks mainly about the benefits of having gratitude. Right, but the the reason why Hakar Satov is so important, how shkafically, who we have to have Hakar Satov to, etc. But it doesn't. We don't really see a lot of discussion about. Is it okay that we feel the need to have gratitude? Um, which you know, it's it's interesting. I, those are the those are the questions usually that I struggle with. I want gratitude from somebody. I feel like I deserve gratitude from somebody. But am I being selfish? Am I looking for honor? Am I, am I being a rodef kavod by looking for gratitude from another person? It can feel like we're being bitter or self-centered. Uh, we're also not talking about the behavior which comes from these feelings, right? Not every feeling necessarily is something which um, excuses the behavior afterward. Right? The idea that I feel angry, uh, I have a right to feel angry, and therefore I have a right to punch somebody in the face, of course, is ridiculous, right? So the idea that I feel like I'm entitled to gratitude and that bothers me that I'm not getting it does not mean that I should be going around and stamping my feet and telling everybody you should have gratitude toward me. Right? We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit uh, later on, what one does with that. But we're not talking about the behavior. We're talking about a very small emotional part of this idea of us um, needing gratitude. I think also, if we understand our own feelings that um, about needing gratitude, if we understand why it is that we need gratitude, and it's a healthy thing to need gratitude, we can also better feel and express gratitude toward others. So if we understand ourselves... And how we react, we're able to mentalize, we're able to depict in our heads and project that this person needs gratitude, 
the way that they need gratitude, the way that it's going to be expressed to them. It's always helpful if we're able to have an accurate self-awareness and self-perception. So let's, let's accept as a fact um, that we need gratitude from other people for the sake of this discussion. That every human being, um, when you interact with another person, when you have a relationship, in order for that to uh, be a proper attachment, you need to have gratitude, right? What is this need based on? Why is it that we need to have gratitude from another person? Why is it that when we do something for somebody else, a thank you or a recognition of that is important to us? And I think if you, if you look at what it is that makes us feel valid as people, right? The connection with other people is almost always based on some sort of validation, simply like that, that we exist, right? So if you walk into a room and nobody pays attention to you, right? It's hurtful, right? If you walk past your friend and they ignore you, right? It's hurtful. It's something which takes away from how you should be treated. We need that validation. It's, it's, I think we can all agree that that's a, a very basic thing. There's um, a fascinating Maral and Yisro, um, which really talks about this idea. So Yisro sends a message to Moshe. And he says, Ani chosencha Yisro ba'ilacha I'm coming to you with your wife and her two sons. And the Rashi talks over there um, about how, you know, if you're not coming out to greet me, then come out to greet your wife and your two children, right? And um, the Maharal there talks about a question which is asked by the Chizkuni. Like, Yisra was supposed to be this eminently spiritual individual. He had tried all the world religions. He understood what life was all about. And now he's saying, like, I, I need fanfare. Like, I, I need somebody to show that I'm important. Does, does this make a lot of sense? Like, does it make sense that Yisro, who's supposed to be a person who really understands what's important in life, is begging Moshe Rabbeinu, show me some chashivas. And the Maral says that it's, it's not a kasha. He says there's a difference between Redivas HaKavod, where a person is running after recognition and after honor, and Hasaris Ginai Ubizayun, taking away from a situation, I don't want to be embarrassed. Like, please don't embarrass me. That every person, says the Maharal, even a Tzaddik, even a Chassid, every person is Mahmed Abizayun. Every person doesn't want to be embarrassed. It's a basic fact of humanity. And because the way that we interact culturally as human beings is that we give cover to a guest, especially when the guest was Moshe Rabbeinu's father-in-law, and especially, I mean, this is Yisro, so there's a hush of a person. If he doesn't go out to meet him, then it's not that he's looking for cover. It's a bazillion. It's a night to Yisro. And so he's saying, please don't embarrass me. It's not Radifa Sakavad. It's a fascinating morale, right? That it's depending on the person, depending on how the person deserves to be treated, that's how we are supposed to give them just 
basic treatment. Otherwise, it's a bazillion. Right? It's reflective of our humanity, right? So if you have a situation where a person is not, it's not magia to that person, any sort of special kavod, and the person is gets very upset about it, obviously there's something wrong there. But if there's a, a hush of a person who's magia to them covered and they don't get the covered that is magia to them, that's not a lack of covered. It's a bizarre. It's an embarrassment to that person. I, I, was, uh, I was once at, at a chasna and they gave a very, very hush of a Rosh Hashiva a, a kriyas tanayim. And uh, he didn't take it. And um, uh, a cousin um, of ours, who his father is a, was a chasha rosh Hashiva, passed away. Um, as my my brother and him were talking, like this is this is Manda. He said, "What would it be like if my father came into shul and you know you're not a rosh Hashiva, but if my father came into shul and they gave him uh, hagba in instead of instead of an aliyah? Better don't give him an aliyah at all, right? I mean." People don't know about you, so that's why they give you hug. But the rabbis, the chayr. There's a lit for sure, shishiva. No, <laughs> oh, he's, he's a rabbis. Clearly, him. clearly, yeah. I was got hagla, and it's the first one got lit. He was supposed to get. Supposed that's to get problematic. Get that Malaysian, though. Yeah, I saw he did that. That was cool. Yeah. I got the lit box. This rabbis hagla. Wow. 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 Must have cost you a lot. We see, we see that it, we see that it's dependent on the person. And this is a very interesting thing in the Maharals, the Mitzayim to um, a, a letter in uh, in, pa, in the Pachid Yitzchak in the Garisuk Savim, and I'm, I just want to just want to read this letter. It's it's really it's really fascinating. So the, the Rufutner says. Um, I have to tell you, he basically, loose translation, he's writing this letter to somebody, I have to tell you something, just that you should pay attention to it. If Reuven and Shimon are two Talmidei Chachamim, and Reuven is a greater Talmud Chacham than Shimon, but beside this, <clears throat> other than this, Reuven is like a Benini in the Tanya, right, those, those, those who may know Tanya know that a Benini is a person, is, is, it's not a person who's a Benini Mamish, a person who's a, you know, not a Tzadik Gamar. But Shimon is a Tzadik Gamar. He's a Tzadik Gamar of the Tanya. If Levi is Mechavid Shimon more than Ruvain, right, because Shimon's a bigger Tzadik than Ruvain is, that's called Mevazet Hamad Chacham. Maven. And that, that's the that's the, the letter from from a footner. I, I I I've heard like apocryphal stories what this letter is talking about, but basically it seems that two people walked into uh, uh, a chasna or something like that. Whether this was a footner himself, I'm not sure. Two people walked into a chasna. One of them was uh, a great Talmud chacham, and the other one was like a Sephardi Makobel, right? That everybody went to for brachas. And everybody went to this Makobel to ask him for a bracha, to, you know, to made a big, made a big deal out of him. And nobody paid attention to the Tamil Chacham. And the partner is saying, that's a bazillion Tamil Chacham. 
It's not that the Tamachachim didn't get covered and the Tamachachim is sitting there red-faced that he's somebody who's, who, who needs covered. It's a bizarre to him, right? I don't think we're all necessarily holding by that, right? When if, if you know, one of us does not get the covet of a Tamachachim, that could be because we're not a Tamachachim. But we have to be able to pay attention to those feelings that we have to know, am I not being treated like I deserve to be treated? These feelings are important because they indicate to us what it is we feel about ourselves and whether or not that's accurate. So, so what if my perception of the, what I deserve is different than what other people perceive? So that's a very good question, right? So like sometimes you're not paranoid. Sometimes people really are out to get you, right? So like if, if, if you walk into like 17 different shoals and nobody stands for you, Probably. right? Like, so you have to think about that, right? It's, it's, it's something though that indicates your perception of what reality should be, right? It could be that this community, either they don't know or they don't treat you well. It is an important thing. So, why is it that our feelings get hurt? We talked a little bit about validation, but why is it that our feelings get hurt when we don't get the treatment that we should? We need to have the feelings about ourselves reflected <coughs> in the behaviors of others. It's basic, again, a basic human need, right? It's the idea of uh, attachment theory, right? That really started with children, but now is kind of, uh, being been kind of broadened out to adults as well, the the idea that we need to be shown in order to feel a certain way about ourselves, we need to be shown that we are important. If you have a child who's never given that validation when they are a child, they usually grow up to be maladjusted adults. Sometimes they grow up to have uh, serious problems that are that are very obvious with self-esteem. Sometimes they grow up to be tremendous narcissists because they don't have an accurate depiction of who they are supposed to be, so they have to inflate it, right? We need other people to treat us in a way which is, which is reflective of how we feel about ourselves. And I think that when we do something for somebody else, we need their gratitude as well. It's very normal. Again, what we do with that, what we do with that feeling, I think we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit later. We need to know that we exist to others. If not, we become very isolated. Um, we see ourselves as unimportant. And that's the feeling that we get when we're ignored. What happens on the flip side when someone overinflates something? <clears throat> overinflate, I've bought it. Okay. We're not going to say anything political yeah. here because. I don't have enough time. Small, the person gives like over the top. Right. right. So, so we, we, it also doesn't feel. Hundred percent. It's not authentic. Right. So right. It's a flip. It's, it's a flip side of the same. But lack of cover is much easier to have an understanding of. Mm -hmm. Too much is just. It's missing in the same in the same way. It is. It is. But you have at least a recognition that you've done something. Right. So, like, let's say I hold the door open for somebody. And the guy stands there for 15 minutes telling me, thank you so much. You know, I, I had, would have had to have opened the door for myself and, you know, it would have been so difficult. Like, like eventually you end up rolling your eyes, but at least the person recognizes that you did something. At least I exist to that person, right? If, if it's not authentic, like eventually, like 
you look at that guy as like, you know, like something, something's going on there that he feels the need to do that. But if I'm completely ignored, there's, there's a lot more space for me to say, this guy doesn't care about me. I don't exist to this person. Where's the need coming from in their end to overinflate it? That's, that's a good question. Do you think that the person needs that? It could be they're wrong, right. but, it, but it, it could be that that's the case. Um, it could be that uh, they feel the need to over uh, inflate their own positivity, which is kind of a separate idea of like if there's like this toxic positivity that every you know that there's there's a you know everything's with a smile, everything's with with a in a way which is not appropriate, right? And and it's totally in the opposite direction. It could be that this person um, has decided that they're going to spend 15 minutes saying thank you to everybody that opens a door. In order to move that, move the needle in the other direction, because really they're miserable. There could be a lot of different reasons for that, but it's, I mean, it's certainly not healthy. No, it's, it's yeah. When you say like toxic and positivity, are you talking about like being positive in situations where it's inappropriate to be positive, or even being too positive, even when it's okay to be positive? Toxic positivity is is like a kind of a, like a pop psychology term. But I think it applies to both of those things. It's a real term? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take credit for it if you want, but it's not. It's not. It's it's like. A, Can you explain it? Yeah. So especially in in um, times when you know in, in social media and stuff like that, you know, like the idea of it's not okay to say the situation we're in stinks, right? I think we, we talked about everything's, this. Everything's amazing. Everything is absolutely incredible. We, we talked about this. I think you and I talked about this when we talked during, during COVID. Like, it's very important to say, yeah, there's part of this which is really disastrous, right? And to make it like, I'm making the best of it. I baked like seven loaves of bread and I started a sourdough mix. And, you know, like now my kids and I, were all the community together. And then like when you, when you shut off the Instagram live, like you're feeding your kids and the kitchen looks like, you know, like it, you have to be realistic, right? So that's, that's one sort of toxic positivity. Another sort is that we feel the need to, even, even when it's normal to be positive, like it's a great thing. Thank you for opening the door for me. Thank you for holding it for me. But if we, if we like, it, it, it doesn't make any sense. It's strange. It makes the other person uncomfortable and it's not authentic. Again, if comparing that to a person who completely ignores you, at least you're, at least you're showing up there. In the other person's eyes, but to 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 do it in a way which is inauthentic, either depicting yourself—that's one of the ways—or um, doing it in a way which is like over the top, it does become toxic. It's difficult to feel normal in, in the presence of that person, and uh, things like social media, we begin to question ourselves: like, why is it that I feel miserable that I've had to homeschool my kids for the past five months? When everybody else out there, you know, is making these, you know, beautiful behavior charts and, you know, sensory bins and stuff like no, nobody's really doing that. <laughs> They're doing it because they, it, it's difficult to, to admit, yeah, things are difficult. I'm doing, I'm making the best out of it. That's that's what I would say. Toxic positivity. Right. Or some of them. Right. I guess they're saying that mom is that phrase, toxic positivity, right? Right, it's take, taking away the struggles of a human being makes everybody who feels like they're struggling as if they're less than. Yeah. It's a big problem. So getting back to, to, to gratitude and showing up, right? So when, when somebody is, uh, feels gratitude toward us, 
and we feel like we exist because that person is is paying attention to something that we've done right it's it's a way of of feeling I, I can't use it really any other word than visible in the world and we see this in our relationship with the Kaddish Baruch Hu, right yesterday um, I was driving to the and I, I you may know who this is I don't know who this is but I was driving to CVG uh, my daughter who I promised her I would send a recording of this um, is going for the first time to Israel to my in-laws and so we're driving to CVG and there was a maroon pickup in front of us <clears throat> that had a thank you Hashem sticker on the back. I did not recognize this picture. I don't know who it is. But it had a thank you Hashem sticker on the back. Anybody know who this is? Maroon, Maroon pickup. Pick pickup truck. Maybe Gabe Ritchie? Don't know. I don't know. But it had a thank you Hashem sticker on the back. Right? And and when I was thinking about this, like this idea of showing gratitude to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is my fear now in the back of a Maroon pickup truck People will see that, man. HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence in the world, so to speak, right, becomes larger because of our gratitude, our recognition of him. We bring HaKadosh Baruch Hu more into our lives, more into the veld, right, then he exists more. It's the same thing for us, right? In, in fact, the, the, in that same um, Pasuk in the, in the Maral, they also brought uh, another, mem uh, I, I think it's a, um, a Sicha or... What would be the right word? A mimer from, from Pachet Yitzchak. The idea that um, when a person is a Bezoyan, it's their Tzalem Kim, he uses the word, the Rishonim uses also. It's your Tzalem Kim that's hurt, right? We are, when we're imitating a Kodesh Baruch Hu, right? Mahu Af'at, it's also part of our personalities. So the more that a Kodesh Baruch Hu is Mafia in the Veld, the more that, that, that we recognize who he is, the more... He exists, so to speak, in the world. The same thing with us as people. We need to know, in order to be secure, we need to know that we exist in the world and that we're important to other people. It's, a, it's part of humanity. It's not a pursuit of covet that moves these feelings. It's, it's, not being, it's, it's being embarrassed and not being treated appropriately that moves these feelings, that we need gratitude. Very important that we need gratitude. If we don't have gratitude, we don't exist. If we don't see the impact of what we do on another person, we don't see that they see that to the degree which we don't see that is the degree that we don't feel that we exist metaphorically, of course, in that other person's life. And if we're like that with a community, if we're like that in our careers, if we're like that in our family, then we feel like we don't exist as much. And that's the worst thing a person can feel is isolated and alone. And so needing gratitude is it's not just healthy, it's an outcome of who we are as people. And it's part of our avayda. So a person does something anonymously, where does that fit in? So the ones in the, Martin it's, it's, all, it's altruistic, right? And, and that's it. So the, the, there's a muster of that. Where does that fit into that? So I was thinking about this also, um, and uh, like a... If we do some, let's let's say we give, we know that somebody is struggling financially, and we we give them money besaser, we give them um, tzedakah without them knowing who we are. It is a normal human need to see that person happy, right? To see the smile on that person's face, 
even to know, if you, if you think about it, we, we, we probably will create a picture this, of this person's relief, right? And so, Matan B'Sezer does not mean that we never know what happens to that person, per se, right? Even if the Naisen is anonymous and he doesn't know who the Makabal is. It's a normal human thing to conjure up in your mind. Uh, it could be this guy is a family with children and now he's able to, you know, to, to give them uh, a normal Shabbos meal. It could be that, you know, he's, he's tired all the time thinking about bills and now he's able to, to be much more calm. That is a form, a substitute for gratitude. That's, that, that fills that need. That, that fills need. that need, right. But it, but it, it, it is all about in a, being existent, knowing that I do something which impacts the world, which, which again, that's like the Tzalem Elikim. That's the, the, the need to, to be creative, to impact the world, the need to be masakin things, which is a very normal human thing. We have to see that that, that, that has a chalais. So, um, you know, I, I, I think, again, I think it was a conversation that, that one time that you and I had about, like, to, to thanks a Rav who, who helps, like, what, what kind of gift is appropriate? And I, if I remember correctly, like, you talked about, like, the notes are the things that you save. When people say, thank you, this changed my life, this was this. That's, and the reason for that is because you see how much you're my fear. That's that that level of gratitude. It, it 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 hits much more than a person buying you a you know a, a nice bottle of. I mean, if you drink scotch, I can't help you. But like a nice bottle of bourbon, or something like that. Like like or or you know a a, a big rabbi shabacher, somebody who gives you the note. That's that really hits the the core of what you need when you do things for people. So you're saying doing somebody a favor that they didn't know that they needed, they didn't know that they're going that they received. That, that you, would, you wouldn't be able to have this level of anything. You wouldn't be able to have this level, but I, I disagree with the second part, that it's anything. If you think about it, like when, when you give tzedakah, if you do something significant for somebody else, it's, it's, you'll find yourself imagining, usually on some level, how this impacts the other person's life. Yeah, but I'll, I'll give you an example. Say, I'll show you something, right? you, you see somebody's item sitting there and you just uh, it was it was the guy's ball and he rolled into the street mm-hmm. he took it he threw it back into his yard mm-hmm. he doesn't know that it was ever there he doesn't know that it, doesn't know that it was ever back it's right. a very small example but that kind of idea is very hard to so, so I would say pay attention right it could be this is the exception but pay attention you'll see that part of you is going to picture the kid playing with that ball part of you is going to see the ball in that person's yard and be like ah oh, now they have that ball back. Now they can play with it. What it would look like without the ball. Right, right, etc. Right. Okay, so w- what do we do when we have these feelings? Right, when, we, let's say, uh, this is usually something which exists with our children. Not my children, I'm sure, nobody else's children, but this does happen sometimes that our children don't appreciate us. Right, and and it's it, it hurts. Like we we can't deny that that's the case. Sometimes it's easier with little kids, right? When little kid, you, you don't give them the lollipop, and they say, "Tati, I hate you," and then you know they don't know that that every ounce of clothing that they're wearing and the fact that they have a roof over their head is because they slave away all day. Again, not autobiographical, but in theory, right? What do you do with that? So sometimes it has to be done. It has to be internal work, but sometimes it, it has to be, you know. It hurts Tati's feelings when you talk that way. 
This is certainly true in our marriages, in our friendships, that if the friendship or the, or the relationship is something which needs to be built and needs to be invested in, which is certainly true of marriage, we have to speak to people in an educational way, right? So like when I came home, you know, and, and let's say I came home and, and everything was done in the house, right? And I don't say anything about it, right? Let's say it's regularly my job to take out the garbage. And I come home and all the garbage is taken out, right? And I don't say anything about it. I know who did it, but I don't say anything about it. And that bothers, that hurts that person. They did something for me, right? Or even go one, one level deeper, right? If you never do anything at home, it's never your job. You're out working 14, I'm not going to talk about whether that's appropriate. If you're out working 14, 16 hours a day, you come home and the house is just, is gewaldic, right? Suffers on the table, like, and you never say anything, right? That's not good. And that's going to cause negative feelings on the other person's part. What are they supposed to do with that, right? If you are that person, what are you supposed to do? You have to educate and you have to say, hey, I know that this is not malicious, but I want to tell you how it makes me feel when I come home, when you come home and you take everything for granted. Please say thank you once in a while. And that's not, that's, it is unhealthy to not have that conversation. Sometimes in secondary relationships, um, it's not productive to ask for the gratitude. Sometimes in, in relationships, it's, yes. What, sorry, what do you mean by a secondary relationship? Not, not, not your family, not your friends, um, not even acquaintances, right? So, so the example that I gave of, of some, holding the door for somebody, I use that example a lot because it's, it's my pet peeve, right? So it's a chasarn to me that when I hold the door for somebody and they don't say thank you, I have to hold myself back from giving the sarcastic you're welcome, right? I practice it. Um, every, every Shabbos, you know, Baruch Hashem, we have, well, we used to have a lot of kids running around and you open the door and the kids just run in because they're chasing somebody who's going to beat somebody up. So, so then, you know, the kids don't say you're welcome. So like, I, I have to hold myself back from saying, like, I held the door open for you to say you're welcome. Right. Is it a healthy thing that I feel like this little kid is a kafoy type? Yeah. But then I have to catch myself and be like, he's a little kid and he's, too involved in this game of tag to realize he just sees the door being open as a convenience. The reason I feel invisible in this situation is because I'm taka invisible. Is because I'm a 42-year-old man who has held the door open for this kid who appropriately only sees the fact that he's playing tag and he's going to lose. Right? It's not my job to be milchanachem. But it's true in other circumstances as well. Right? If there is somebody who you don't really know and you know somebody who who you don't think that you can educate on this, it's okay to say, yeah, it's aggravating, okay? Nope, that's the way they are. There's nothing I can do about that. I, I think that that's healthy. It's better than, certainly better than going over to somebody and saying, hey, I did this, and you didn't say thank you. You have no relationship with the person. It's not really appropriate. I think the idea of a debt of gratitude does not have any practical usage if you're the one that's holding the debt. If you're the one that owes the debt, that's important. But if you're the one that's holding the debt, if you're the one that feels like it's magia me, and so therefore I'm going to cash in this debt 
that's not helpful. The feeling makes sense. The fact that you're hurt, that's that's okay. I think that, again, I think that that's human. But the idea that I'm going to, you know, I feel like a community owes me a debt of gratitude, and therefore I'm going to hold back the things that I was doing for the community until people say thank you. You can't, hold, you can't do that. You can't hold people captive. That's not appropriate. That's what Defus covered. That's not the feeling. The feelings being hurt is a different story. If you can't have an educative conversation, it may not be worthwhile to talk about it at all. So let's go on to the, the other two ideas. Number one, um, how do we feel gratitude? So I think that the two ways we feel gratitude toward people is we look at what we get and we look at what the other person is sacrificing to give it to us. This is one of my favorite um, uh, uh, pieces in Gomara. This is Gomara Nivamis. talks about Ruchia uh, and his wife. Um, now, as, as a caveat, right, if anybody has a situation like this, I don't think you have to be Ruchia in this situation. Um, but it, it shows something about uh, what Hakar Satov is. Rebchia, says, So, he, he had a really difficult wife. She would constantly aggravate him. But when he was out and he saw something that she would like, he would buy it and he would... It sounds like he would he would wrap it up in a in a, in a gift like manner and he would give it to her. Amarle Rav, so Rav says to him, like she she drives you crazy. Why is it that you're constantly bringing her flowers? You're constantly bringing her your favorite her favorite chocolates. Why 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 are you doing that? She drives you nuts. Amarle dayenu banenu matzilas menachet. He says it's enough that our wives raise our children and save us from doing our favors. Right? Again, like, we're not Ruchia. If we're in a situation where we have a relationship, marriage or otherwise, where the, the basic dynamic of the relationship is that the person drives you nuts and you can't have any conversation with the person, right? The, the Gemara before this talks about, um, I don't remember who the Amara was, but talks about a, a, an Amara who his wife would always do the exact opposite of the thing that he told her to do or asked for her until his son, when he would tell his son, go ask mommy to do X, Y, Z, and the son would flip it around so that the woman would actually do, the wife would actually do what he wanted, right? In a situation like that, that's not a healthy relationship. It's not a healthy marriage, right? The point of this story, though, is that what do our relationships do for us? They change our lives. They do for the things for us that are important. It did, did, uh, did Rav Ashi have to have to make this? Did Rav Chia have to make this chesed? No, he was truly grateful that his wife raised his children and was matzal him and chait. That we have to look for what people do for us. This helps in situations like we're talking about. You come home. You look, and you get used to it, but you come home, you look at, at what your house is, look at how your children are, and you realize how much your wife does in order to, to make sure that things are like that. There's true gratitude that has to be done there. That's how we feel it. The second part is, what 
does the other person sacrifice, right? So if a person who, is, who, who does not have a lot of resources dedicates some of those resources to do something for you, then that's relative, right? That gratitude, that's magia, that person, that we should feel inside is different than a person who has plenty of resources and is able to, to give those resources to you, right? And these resources, like what we think, of course, of money and financial resources, but it's also emotional resources. It's also psychological resources. It's also time, right? If a person, a thoughtful gift, where you know the person had to sit and think, what is this person like? What is important to this person, right? They've used their time and their energy to do something for you that's meaningful that increases the gratitude, it's one of the few places where the thought really does count. The thought definitely adds to what the person is giving you. So the question, the final question I would say is, how do we express it? And I think according to the first two things that we talked about today, uh, it, it becomes much, much more simple, right? We express it in a way where the person is visible where the person recognizes that you see them, right? We express it in a way which is authentic. So when somebody opens the door for us, right, and it's pouring rain outside, and you're able to get a little less wet because the person opened the door for you, it's great to say thank you. It's even better to say thank you. I would have been a lot more wet if you wouldn't have opened the door for me. You can show the person, I see what you did, this is what you've done in my life, and I appreciate it. We know that being visible is, is so much more important than any other element of gratitude. Sometimes that means that we have to have an honest conversation. Um, we have to know what the person needs to hear to be visible. The person may need a detailed description of everything that they've done for you that day and recognize like, I really appreciate that you did X, Y, Z, one, two, three, four, five. Some people don't need that. Sometimes we can know that by knowing a person for a very long time and sometimes really need to stop and think. So I would say like, if there's, if there's a, a, a takeaway from whether or not we need gratitude, of course we need gratitude. We need gratitude to know that we exist, to know that we are, are visible to other people and being comfortable with that, with that within ourselves allows us to authentically express gratitude toward other people as well. Um, any questions that anybody has, if I haven't answered them yet, you can always email me or stop me in shul. Um, you do not uh, have to say thank you. Okay, everybody is joining at the...